0: I'm Jeff Woodaker Jr., former Auburn Tigers defensive tackle and national champion. And you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, and Cam Berry with you here On this Wednesday edition of the program, we now go to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line where we welcome on Joe Bartle of Rotowire as we get set for the NFL playoffs to start this weekend. And of course, Joe, I know that the the news around here, uh, that former Miami Dolphin head coach Nick Saban has retired today. Uh, and again, how will you remember his tenure in the NFL and as a football coach? As a football, coach?
1: Oh, as a, as a football uh, NFL coach, it's a little bit different, but obviously I think we'll go down as one of the, the, the greatest coaches no matter of the sport of all time and uh, has revolutionized college football. I would say, or at least some would say, not for the better. Um, and, you know, you guys understand. I'm not a huge college sports fan because of the Wisconsin Badgers uh have no concept of what it takes to actually win more than three games so like it, it it doesn't it just doesn't matter too much to it doesn't matter as much to me but for people who do care about college football and rightfully so i mean that guy is an institution has created an institution and frankly uh i think there are going to be all but one state and all but one city and country and <laughs> the school that are going to be ecstatic i mean this is a national holiday for anybody who actually loves college football because it means theoretically another team has a chance uh, to push Alabama out of its slot that it maybe doesn't deserve, like this year. I would say, uh, relative to Georgia, for what's the playoffs? And you know, it, it's going to change next year too. So, as a, as a college football coach, certainly different uh, than we're talking uh, NFL coach. But I thought we were going to celebrate that both of our, our teams, yes. made it—the Buccaneers and Packers. That's that's the real celebration today.
0: Well, I, it, it certainly is. And look, one franchise is certainly. Uh, very popular around the world Uh, the Bucks have a nice little following in about one city so I think that the world was a little happier about the Packers making it but uh, but yeah no those two teams are going to be a part of this NFL super wild card weekend now that we have a three matchups in each conference so let's talk a little bit about that Joe I mean uh i know people are going to want to start with the cowboys and all these uh you know the one and two seeds but let's start with some of these uh teams that got hot down the stretch like the packers like the bucks like the rams who won uh, a lot of games down the stretch there are there's any of those teams that got hot late do you feel that could make a run towards the the nfc championship game or afc championship game
1: yeah i want to be clear I, i think the uh Super wild Card participation for the Buccaneers and Packers is probably the biggest win they'll get all season. <laughs> I would be pretty shocked if they were to win uh, in the postseason here. And I guess I, I want to be clear. I think there's an outside chance that the Packers might. And you talk to a lot of folks who know football and are smart about stuff. They don't think it's an outside chance the Buccaneers are going to win. They, they, they think that there should be the favorite over the Eagles. And when the books had started, they were, uh, the Eagles were minus three, of course, traveling to Tampa Bay. I, I understand losing 5-6 Philadelphia. They haven't looked good. A.J. Brown's banged up. Jalen Hart's got an injured finger. Jonathan Smith didn't play last week, was already injured. That defense is miserable. I understand all those things. That might matter against the Cowboys. That might matter against the 49ers. I don't think that matters against the winner of the NFC South Division. And maybe I'll be wrong. I'll look foolish come Tuesday uh, And the Buccaneers, who who are a good offense. I mean, I, I watched them eviscerate. Joe Barry's defense. Everyone does that, though, except for the Bears and Vikings, sort of the reason. But that's not, that's not a calling card. But Baker Mayfield has been really good, and Mike Evans looks rejuvenated in Tampa Bay. I, I, I recognize that this is going to be a competitive contest, but I do not see the Super Bowl runner-ups somehow losing to the NFC South Division winner, no matter if it be the Saints, Falcons, or in this case, the Buccaneers. So I, I would lean towards the Eagles. The Cowboys are favored by seven and a half points. They have not lost at home all season. They're averaging 38 points all season. I had wrote in my Tuesday article, a good day for Joe Barry's defense will be holding them to 28 points. That's a good day. So uh, if nothing else, if you think the Packers are going to be competitive in that contest, you take the over at 15 and a half and say, well, both squads are going to be at least scoring 28 points and uh, who ends the final possession. I, I, I don't know. And I, again, I wrote this in my article from Tuesday. I don't know if there's going to be the choke job this week against the Packers. That defense is so bad, that I just can't imagine Mike McCarthy struggling that much. But I have lived through that. I have lived through the Mike McCarthy era, Uh, everyone getting shocked that he has no idea about timeouts or managing clock. That was decades ago for me at this point, understanding how bad McCarthy is. There will be a choke job at some point. I don't think it's this week, but it could be next week against the Rams. So I do think... we're talking to answer your question, the hot team, I think the Rams will go into Detroit and upset uh, the not Matthew Stafford Lions uh, and possibly upset Lions fans. We'll we'll see how that goes. And it's ironic that the biggest upset from last year was Giants-Vikings. And I think we'll see it again. The NFC North Division winner is going to lose to the first round of the wild card.
0: Uh, Kind of looking around at some other games. Excuse me looking around at some other games. Uh, I look at that Browns-Texas game. Is, is that one, I, I feel like for most kind of sidewalk NFL fans, pedestrian NFL fans, that looks like a very ho-hum game. Is that a ho-hum game, or is that a game to be excited for? No, I, I mean,
1: I, I think when we get to postseason football uh, professionally, you get excited for any matchup at any point. So I think that's really exciting. Obviously, we have the Stafford return to Detroit, and – mccarthy facing his old team in the packers but quietly we have the deshaun watson going at the texans but wait he's not the quarterback and actually <laughs> that's the most compelling part to me is what happens if the browns win this game of course they're the five seed they taste the texans uh theoretically if 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 everything were to go the way vegas has it favored right now you would have the browns face the chiefs which i i think the chiefs aren't very good either uh or the bills and uh you could make the case that the browns will be at least close in both those contests and then you're one game away from the Super Bowl, despite having your $250 million guaranteed quarterback now out for the past three months. I mean, there's going to be some real funny, uh, I, as a non-Browns fan, they're funny questions to me, what you do with Deshaun Watson and Joe Flacco, and if Flacco returns or whatever else, those won't be answered today, and I think that's the, that's the fun part is we're just going to enjoy really good football. That offense looks significantly better. There will be turnovers from Joe Flacco, but the way he's able to move the ball downfield in Kevin Stefanski's uh, system is really just been peak. I feel like Vikings, Kevin Stefanski, but also what the Browns have done, too. Uh, and it's been a joy to watch. And I think for a lot of people, you get to first see C.J. Stroud on the big stage. Um, I've been watching a lot. I was really interested in the Texans by, like, week five onward when I realized they were actually a good football team. But we're going to see, I think the world gets to see what kind of quarterback C.J. Stroud is. And a win already puts him in rarefied air among working quarterbacks. I mean, he might solidify himself as a top-12 quarterback in year one if he's able to beat this Fonta Browns defense.
0: Joe, as we look with a little bit of an eye towards the future in the playoffs, too, I, I know a lot of people are wondering about what Kansas City will ultimately do. Obviously, the the problems at receiver all season long, just kind of underwhelming, and the fact that they uh, are not on their home field. Uh, they are this week, obviously, against Miami, but if if Chalk holds, they would have to win two road playoff games to make it to the super bowl so what is your confidence level maybe not in patrick mahomes specifically but just as the entirety of the kansas city chiefs and their ability to to kind of play a little just just flat out better than they have this year
1: yeah and i and i had a brain fart you had kind of outlined the standings part correctly and i think that's important so if the browns were to win against the texans like, i think they will but everything else stays chalk you'll have the chiefs bills browns ravens interesting matchup when it comes to that but I, I actually think the Chiefs Bills one is compelling in in the sense that, man, October November we had buried the Bills. They weren't going to make the playoffs. It had been a disappointing year. The Matt Milano injury and Ron, uh, Von Miller stuff like that. Tre'Davious White, all these guys being major pieces out, no shot. And the Chiefs were kind of turning the corner. They had an ugly start to August, that you could see clearly the issues with Kadarius Tony and Marquez Valdez Scantling and the lack of consistent use of Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey, you're like, oh, this isn't the Chiefs' offense that I normally know it is, but they still have Mahomes. Pacheco looks like a stud. And if we were to have that matchup next week, Chiefs-Bills, it's going to be completely reversed. Man, Josh Allen looks rejuvenated. The, the James Cook uh, refactoring into the offense is fantastic. They're doing this without Stephon Diggs, right? There's going be a lot of these accolades that you're throwing at Buffalo, but yet it's still a team that cannot beat KC in the postseason. Maybe the home field advantage matters, Maybe there's just Mahomes magic. We'll have to see. I would lean towards the Bills, I think, in that scenario, and I think pretty confidently as well. But I have been picking the Bills to beat and to to get to the AFC Championship and emerge as Super Bowl contenders for years now, and they haven't been able to. Can this be the year? We'll we'll, we'll find out.
0: And, Joe, we do want to ask you about head coaching openings, but, of course, we want to get your thoughts. Again, we've uh, certainly enjoyed uh, being able to talk with you throughout the season about fantasy and about the league in general uh, and we know it's starting to come to a close here, so we do want to go ahead and get your thoughts on uh, what you think the likely Super Bowl matchup is. I know the Forty ers and Ravens are favorites to most. Or are they the favorites to you?
1: I think it's going to be the Bills. Uh, I just talked to them earlier. I, I don't know if the Ravens will lose in the divisional round to the Browns or they'll lose uh, in the conference round. But I, I just and I I have been the token Lamar Jackson guy for his entire career. I love Lamar Jackson. Uh, any playoff lack of success, I've really attributed to Greg Wellman, if anything else. And um, if you were to lose again, I, I highly doubt it would be Lamar Jackson's fault, the defense, whatever else. It just doesn't feel like a team that can rattle off three straight wins. Like, I don't know if they can really get hot enough, and especially after uh, they had lost Keaton Mitchell, who was really the game-breaker on offense, I thought, at times. That's a big blow that no one's going to be talking about if they were to get eliminated early. So... I'm leaning towards the Bills because I think they have the easiest path. Again, you take the Steelers; that should be a win. They're favored by ten points this week. If everything goes chalk, they're facing the Chiefs. I still think the Bills are prohibitive favorites in that case. And then see that the Browns, Ravens, which I, they match up well in both those. And then the Niners get like the easiest cakewalk. They are not the Forty Nine ers might not have a competent opposition until the Super Bowl, depending on how the NFC breaks out. I mean, it, it was bad to begin the year. It was Niners, Eagles, and then nothing. And now that the Eagles are nothing, it it just doesn't, again, I I have zero belief in Mike McCarthy. So that's where this down is from. I think the Niners kind of walk in there and at minus 120 right now to make the Super Bowl. It isn't isn't favorable betting odds, but they they seem like clear-cut favorites. I don't know who wins that matchup, but that's how I kind of project it to be.
0: And then, Joe, I'm going to throw a couple of situations here at you real quick and and try and and get your thoughts on these big ones so uh first so there was surprising nfl head coaching news today and that was that pete carroll uh w- was being let go and, and moving to a different role with the seahawks uh your thoughts on that decision from seattle
1: yeah and it was followed by surprising news yesterday that mike rabel had also been fired by the titans and that that fancy situation in tennessee is far more bleak than it is in seattle but i i was actually shocked by that one not so much the rabel thing you know i think mike rabel is easily a top-eight coach in the league. I have not been a proponent of Pete Carroll's for some time. Uh, as somebody who lived through the Fail Mary and the 2014 NFC Championship game, I just have a, a natural hatred for the Seahawks. So I recognize that any statements I'm saying should be couched because I'm biased. I, I very much so am. I don't think the NFL offense that Pete Carroll wants to run is an offense that can successfully win football games in the year 2023 or 2024. I, I, the, it's something the game has passed him by, and I think actually he does a really good job of getting the most out of the players that he has. But there's a certain cap to that, you know, limiting your possessions, uh, playing mistake-free football, yada, yada, yada. But it's it's still not a team in an offensive scheme that is going to win in today's day and age and I think take advantage of the rules and necessitations of the offense with pass interference calls, stuff like that. So that you have Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet, two second-round running backs back-to-back years. You still have DK Metcalf, Jackson Smith, and Jacoba. I think Geno Smith, especially this year, is totally fine at quarterback, but you have pieces. That's going to be an interesting offense. And if, let's just say, a, a Ben Johnson or one of these really hot offensive corners, Ben Slowick, um, becomes the head coach and, and brings over personnel to build upon that scheme, not just run it the way it has been in whatever teams they were, that's a really attractive spot to me, and I think for the first time in a long time will pose competition to the 49ers in the NFC West.
0: And then a two-parter to close that are not necessarily related, but want to get in, uh, again, our our listenership and uh, the the fact that we do the Falcons games here. Uh, So what's what's the move for Atlanta uh, in trying to best position themselves to utilize the great weaponry they have? And then the other part of that, again, not necessarily related uh, with Bill Belichick in New England. Curious to see your view of, of that situation.
1: Yeah, uh, so Sunday, week 18, games end. uh, As a fantasy analyst, my job uh, for the year is effectively done. I threw a party, not so much that my season was over, but because at 12.01 a.m. Eastern time, Arthur Blank did us all, everyone (laughs) in the entire world, a massive favor by removing Arthur Smith from the equation. I don't know if that unlocks Kyle Pitts. I don't know if that means Drake London and B. John Robinson are guaranteed top ten fantasy options, but those guys are all incredibly talented. And the last thing that I ever want to talk about is, will Jonu Smith catch more passes than Kyle Pitts? Stop. Please, for the love of God, stop. So thank you, Arthur Blank. Uh, you, you made my life so much easier, even though there's no guarantees in life with Kyle Pitts, and Drake London, and B. John Robinson. Those guys should be electric players, and I think because you pulled the cord early and with what appears to be one of the best best head coaching candidacies uh, for HC that you say of, of uh, decades now. I don't know if it's the Falcons are shopping for the Bill Belichicks of the world, or I don't think they're in a Jim Harbaugh situation, but they can easily attract a top offensive mind, much like I think the Chargers could too with Justin Herbert, and completely change the trajectory of the teams just by making a. A mildly good call. It doesn't have to be a smart call. You don't have to, like, strike gold with D'Amico Ryan. I think the Falcons are in a great spot to attract any number of people. I don't know what it is or who they'll be after. I would hope an offensive mind. I think what they did in free agency with Jesse uh, Bates in particular, they improved the defense. Now let's make sure those top ten picks look like what we think they can look like. And uh, I'm really interested by that. I I would assume with Bill Belichick, the Patriots bring back Mike Vrabel. I think they had... uh, there, there was already those talks about trading Vrabel that the, the Titans owner had met, uh, said that they didn't want to do. I think the Patriots had already done that. And then knowing that Vrabel would become available, they have more or less told Belly that he's going somewhere else. And I think he will go to Los Angeles to try to get that wins record uh, all, all time over Don Shula with Justin Herbert and turn that team around a little bit. That's, that's the way I envision things uh, kind of shaping out.
0: He's Joe Bartle of roto Wire joining us today as he has all football season long. Uh, Joe, again, we certainly appreciate the time. How can our listeners follow your work in the offseason and then with all the other great things that roto Wire has to offer?
1: Yeah, I talked about it a little bit earlier, but I've been uh, doing my weekly betting article every single Tuesday. Uh, that's going to carry on throughout the postseason. So we had the, the Super Wildcard weekend breakdown, picked all six games. I thought some interesting prop bets, too, if you're doing season-long uh, – well. Playoff playoff long, I should say, profit options. That's available on my Twitter, JB Fantasy Sports. You can find it. I will still be doing podcasts, especially kind of recapping and preparing entering the NFL draft, what teams are going to do throughout free agency. Uh, That will really start in earnest, probably March ish or February too. And, you know, that'll be available again on my Twitter, JB Fantasy Sports. Otherwise, RotoWire has you covered. I think, what, we're now five weeks away, four weeks away from pitchers and catchers reporting. Uh, Fantasy baseball is right around the corner, but also. College basketball, you know, with March Madness, we're getting close to that point. A few, few months away, I understand, but uh, still plenty to do in that re- regard. Roadaware.com slash try gets you a three-day free trial um, to the site. You can see all that coverage, all the NFL postseason stuff, NBA as well too, and we have you covered no matter what sport it is what you're interested in doing.
0: Joe, again, we've certainly appreciated the time with, that, uh, with you throughout the football season. Uh, we wish your Packers good luck here in the postseason, and we look forward to catching up again with you down the line.
1: All right. Thanks, guys, for having me on.